five of six, as promised. Let's talk some hokey sports, primarily football, but we'll get into a little basketball perhaps with the season now less than a week away. And as I mentioned, the Hokies were in town this past weekend for that secret scrimmage with the Richmond Spiders. I did see a box score on that game, so we can certainly talk about that as well. But we'll certainly start on the football front. Tim Thomas, Tech Lunch Bale, joins us this afternoon. Been a while since we've caught up, so glad we have the opportunity to do so today. Tim, how are we doing? Bob, I am doing great. I hope you are also. Yeah, it's a, you know, I didn't. I thought we'd be talking a lot more basketball at this point, but it's been a rallying football out here. Well, there's my first question. Why, Tim? Why has this team won three out of four, and all of a sudden, if you're drinking the Kool-Aid here, you see a pretty good path to a bowl game and perhaps even more loftier goals than that? Yeah, uh, Bob, I have no idea. I, I wish I could pinpoint. We'll try our best here, but... Uh, you would have told me that, you know, we'd be going into November before the season or four games in especially, that Virginia Tech would be playing a high-stakes game for sec- outright second in the ACC. Uh, I would have thought you had gone off the deep end, basically. Um, this is stunning, to say the least. Um, this team has figured it out. They have found an identity offensively. I think that's part of the story. The offense was the biggest issue, there's no doubt, compared to the defense. But... The offense found an identity, Bob, and they, they became a power football team despite not having a very good offensive line. I mean, it's it's one of those things. They you know they figured out, all right, how can we play with Kyron Jones? How can we ma- get the best out of him and what this offense can be? And, you know, Jones, I think, is a better, to be clear, I think he's a pretty good passer. But there's so much he brings as well as a true dual-threat quarterback. And this is what Virginia Tech wants to be under Tyler Bowen. You look at the quarterbacks they've been recruiting, they're true dual-threat guys, and Drones is just that. And what he's been able to bring as a runner has been huge. They've been able to run a lot more misdirection. They have embraced, you know, a passing attack that at times looks a lot of short passes, a lot of screens and swings, perimeter runs as they call them. They're doing a great job of getting guys like Jalen Lane and Basial Tudin and Malachi Thomas in space however they can, um, getting them outside the tackles, you know, knowing that the offensive line, if they just want to be a between-the-tackle football team, it's not going to go well. But they can still be this power football team. Uh, they're using a lot of misdirection. You see the read options, the RPOs. And I think they've really done a great job of building out this offense around drones. they found an identity. They're getting their playmakers in space. I mean, that's part of it. Tudin. And Thomas didn't just suddenly get good. Um, they didn't just suddenly wake up from slow starts. They were playing well for the, the hands they were given. It's just when you have three guys tackling, tackling you behind the line of scrimmage, there's only so many guys you can break tackles on. Mm-hmm. Now it's one guy, and they break that tackle to 10-yard gain. So it starts with the offense. The run defense had tightened up. You saw sides that they were close. But they just were giving up the home run play. But 85 90% of the time, they were playing really well. Well, they've tied it up in a big way. Um, and some people say, yes, the week's schedule. And I think, I think you look at the, who they beat, yes. It being down, Wake being down, Syracuse being in a mess, you know, that helps a little. But this mm-hmm. Virginia Tech team is just whooping up. I mean, they've won all three of their past four of the three and one stretch. They've had all three wins by 17-plus. They're legitimately playing some pretty decent football right now. And, you know, I think these teams are comparable to Purdue and Marshall. Um, even a Marshall that has Rasheen Ali, you know, obviously the Marshall that we're seeing right now is not the same without their star tailback. But, you know, I, I think this is a team that's legitimately playing pretty pretty decent football. It isn't like you look at Boston College, which has won four straight, but 
they're barely beating UConn and Army and UVA. And a UVA team before they've started to find something, it appears. So yeah. I think a lot to be encouraged by, and we got a, a huge game this weekend. I like your assessment of where the offense is and how it has progressed. So let me ask the same question about the defense, and I'll mention that team that was a mess, which is, of course, my alma mater also, and that's Syracuse. Is this defense, is this tech defense as good as – limiting a team to nine first downs and no rushing yards and 0 for 9 on third down conversions. I mean, that's a defense coordinator's dream stat sheet right there, Tim. Yeah, and this is we've seen this as a trend now. You know, three of the past four games, this run defense, which had been Achilles heel because of their propensity to give up home run type plays, has really tied it up. Um, that's, been, that's been the big thing. You know, this defense was actually playing at a pretty decent level, but if, when you give up two 50-plus yard rushes a, a game on average, uh, it doesn't really matter what else. It doesn't really matter if you're playing well 95% of the time. And this pass defense had been good, too. I think it's important to note. They've been defending the pass well, but they hadn't really had gotten the lean on that strength of theirs because the run defense wasn't getting the job done. And I think part of it is, you know, I think, one, you're seeing linebackers, I think that Marshall game is a hinge point when we look back on it defensively. Um, one, Feldarius Payne started playing a lot more defensive tackle, and I think that woke up that room a little bit. They were underperforming some. They've really picked up their play. And I think there was a, a reckoning with some of those guys of, hey, if I don't get it going here, I'm going to lose playing time in what might be my final season of college football. And so i got to kick, kick it in gear a little. Um, I think with some of the linebacks, same thing. I mean, you see George Balance. Um, coming in the game, a freshman walk-on, you know, you're, you know, you know, the, the coaching staff's kind of fed up and kind of frustrated with what they're seeing out there. And so, I think the run fits are better. Everything has been crisp. Um, everything's tightened up really well. Like I said, they're getting penetration. They're getting push on the on the defensive front. Um, that's where the big difference is. You know, the, those ten percent that were really, really bad are no longer really, really bad. And they're not even giving up chunk plays either. It's not like all right, now it's instead of a 50-yard, 20-yard play, which would be, by the way, a huge step forward. They're just outright shutting them down. I think Syracuse especially, that was a statement of, all right, Wake Forest, Pitt, not the best rushing attacks, offenses that aren't great. I know Syracuse has been struggling a ton, but Syracuse played them like Florida State North Carolina played them in terms of the dominance of that game, um, which, yes, Syracuse may, may have not been the it might not be in the best shape, but that says a lot. And that's a rushing attack that knows what they're doing. LaQuinn Allen's a talented player. Garrett Schrader. I mean, we saw what he did two years ago in Lane Stadium. Um, Schrader knows how to run the football. I will say, I don't know why they weren't more aggressive on the ground early. That made no sense to me. Um, that helped Tech, I think, a little with Syracuse's odd decision there. But I think one of the most notable things is both with the run defense and their pass rush. I mean, 15 sacks past two games. They have seven sacks more this season than they had all of last season already. Um, three of the first four first down plays for Syracuse in that game were negative plays. I think that says a lot right there about why this defense is improving. So let's pump the brakes just a little bit here. It's off to Louisville, so the the narrative is going to change about the opponent. Top 15 team on the road, and the odd, odds makers still have this, Tim, about 9.5 or 10-point game uh, for Louisville. What's the next step here for Virginia Tech as they challenge the Cardinals? I think you want to see them at least compete, compete again and hold their own, and I think part of it is you don't want to see the bad start like you did against Florida State. 
You know, you were encouraged. You know, I think Tech fans were rightly encouraged by what they saw, the, the fight back. That Tech then hung around for a little bit um, before Florida State pulled away in the, in the late third and early fourth thanks to some big trade events and runs. But you want to see this Tech team come out fighting. You want to see, you know, slow starts have been a, kind of a problem for this Tech team. That wasn't the case against Syracuse. You want to see this team clicking and give themselves a chance. Now, I think anyone ex- who, who will be disappointed if Tech loses game to Louisville is out of their mind. I, I think the spread, by the way, was right initially when it was minus 12. I, I, minus nine and a half, I, you know, it, I think is I think there might be some people who make some money off that, um, who bet on the Cardinals against the Hokies this week. But, you know, I, I think you want to see the fight. And if they pull the upset, um, that's this, this program I think is even farther along than we thought. Um, this team is farther along. But, you know, I think you want to see that fight, and you want to see a team that comes out and looks competitive and looks respectable for four quarters. Um, they pull the upset great. If not, then you want to go next week at Boston College and go on the road and get a big win and build from there uh, further. Because in some ways, like I said, if they, if they upset Louisville, this is a team that's now way ahead of schedule in terms of this rebuild under Brent Prime. Partly because of the schedule, we have to be honest, but partly because they've just coached this team up well. And they're getting the best now out of this team the past few weeks. At least they're starting to get the best out of this team. And we'll see what happens in Louisville. But I think you have to be careful to set, not set your expectations too high. Because remember, I mean, Syracuse, Wake, and Pitt are all in the bottom third of the ACC standings at the moment. And that's not yeah. by accident. Yeah, and beyond that, even if you don't get Louisville, right, you, you get Boston College, <laughs> NC State, UVA, all winnable games would get you to seven and would get you on a bowl trip somewhere, right? Yeah, I mean, a bowl game would be, would be fantastic. I mean, I I predicted 5-7 and seven before this season, Bob, and, you know, if you would have told me that um, they would go to a bowl game, I'd be ecstatic. Um, you know, I would have been ecstatic with the progress of this team. 5-7, and seven, I would have been pleased with the trajectory. You think about Florida State and Norvell's second year, they were 5-7, and seven, and then they took off. So this has always been looking at the 2024 and 2025 but we're seeing the on-field signs now, the progress that you want to see if you're a Tech fan and you want to have confidence that this rebuild is headed on the right trajectory and a bowl game would be would be a tremendous achievement and a great sign that Brett Pry has this program in the right direction, especially after they started the season one and three. Yeah. Absolutely. Catching up with Tim Thomas, Tech Lunch Pail. You can follow them online and on Twitter as well. Um, the new ACC football scheduling model, Tim, uh, what do you make of that? I feel like uh, most people are fairly okay with it, that they figured some things out with these West Coast teams, with some rivalries. You got Miami coming back. You protect UVA, of course. Um, what would you think when you saw that? Yeah, I mean, I will say Virginia Tech Miami back is great. Like, that is fantastic. That is a great – that is a wrong that has been righted. Um, good on the ACC on that. I mean, Bob, I think we all – I think many know, you and many others who follow the Tech Lunch or follow me on social media know I, I hate these expansion moves happen in the first place. I think this was a, a forced move that was completely unnecessary. I'm not sure what really engaged the league, but uh, – it is what it is. I think if you make the best of it, it is a little disappointing when you think about it. Um, Tech will play Duke and Florida State as many times as they play SMU. They'll play Cal and Stanford more than they play Duke and Florida State over the next seven years. 
I mean, that's just that's just an absurd reality that we're living in. I mean, imagine telling someone that just a year ago that Virginia Tech from 2024 to 2030 would play Cal and Stanford more in the regular season as conference games mm-hmm. than Florida State <laughs> and Duke. I don't think anyone – I'm not going to mention Boston College because I think a lot of Tech fans don't mind seeing that only two times. But yeah. – um, and it's crazy to think about as well, North Carolina. Tech hasn't played North – didn't play North Carolina this year. They won't play them again until 2027. It was going to be next year. Now it's 2027. North Carolina. Um – so, it's a mixed bag. It um, is. Obviously, you still get a lot of, you know, Clemson at home next year is still great. You know, that, that's still a nice game for Tech fans to have at home. Miami back on the schedule is huge on a yearly basis. Um, so, there are positives in this. But, I mean, this is the reality. Personally, I will say I would have liked to got an SMU maybe three times over one of the West Coast schools, personally. I think the Dallas barbecue part is the primary reason why. I wouldn't mind if it was even one home, two away to SMU. There you go. I, I Dallas has got two airports. they got some great barbecue down there. I mean, SMU might be the best addition to the ACC purely on the barbecue front, adding Texas barbecue and to Virginia and Carolina barbecue. I mean, but it's a mixed bag. So, yeah. you know, it is the reality we're in. Make the best of it. Um, It'll be fascinating to watch that Stanford game, and for any West Coast Hokie, you'll probably be able to get tickets for ten dollars because no one goes to Stanford games out there anyway. There you go. I should really end on that lighthearted note and the barbecue rivalry that is bubbling in the in the new look ACC. But give me a minute on on Tech hoops, uh, Tim. Pick kind of middle of the pack there in the ACC. Open Monday night against uh, Coppin State at Castle, and then uh, you get that South Carolina game at, at the end of next week. Yeah, and that South Carolina game is going to be a first good test to see where this team is at. And that's a game you should win, even without Rodney, even with Rodney Rice gone, which is obviously a major disappointment. There's no denying that. But this is yeah. still a team that has an, an NCAA tournament caliber roster. Um, Mike Young's going to have to get a little creative. I think you're, he's going to have to use some bigger lineups. And that doesn't necessarily play in the Mike Young style of play, but backcourt depth now, you have Padula, Couture, Collins, and then it's two freshmen, and Rex Steiner and Young, in terms of true guards. So you may have to play Makai Long or Tyler Nicholson at the three this season. I think you're going to have to, or John Camden. You're going to have to play some of those guys more. You're going to have to play some bigger lineups and figure it out. Now, this is good where you have guys like Nickel who can stretch the floor and keep the spacing. That's going to be important for Tech to execute those lineups well. But there's some risks there um, to that. So it'll be interesting to see, of course. I think it's fascinating. You know, you could argue there's way, unsurprisingly, way more buzz around that women's team. You know, Final Four coming off that. There's no reason why with two All-Americans returning with the transfers they got, with the roster they have. um, No reason why they're not, you shouldn't consider them a national title contender. They absolutely are a national title contender. And they're probably underrated nationally being seventh or eighth in the country going into the season. Yep. Absolutely. Looking forward to all of that. All of that. Men's and women's and the rest of this football season that, as you said, unexpectedly there's some there's some buzz uh, around these last four games of the, of the regular season. Tim, as always, appreciate it. Let's not make it so long between our next visits, and we'll look forward to catching up with you as football winds down and basketball gets going. Absolutely, Bob. Looking forward to it. Tim Thomas, Tech Lunch Pail. Check him out online, on Twitter, all of that for all things Hokies. One more segment to go for us. We'll wrap it up on a Tuesday on Halloween. The trick or treaters are out and about. Happy Halloween.
if you care to celebrate, which most of us certainly do. Finish it up in a moment. 106.1 ESPN.